Welcome to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. And we're a group of law enforcement professionals to talk about today's news and issues, what we do from a law enforcement perspective. And I'm going to go and introduce the crew. Guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, yes, we have uh, Major Travis Yates. Uh, or, or, or should I say doctor? I don't know. He, you know, I, I have to take, take your pick. But, hey, welcome to the show, Travis. Also, Major, uh, or Captain, I'm sorry, Captain Brett Bartlett. Yeah, I just promoted you, Brett. We have Sergeant Betsy Brantner-Smith, all retired. And thanks for being on the show, guys. Appreciate it. Also, a shout-out to our sponsors, Motion DSP, AUFire.com. What a cool product. We'll be talking about that some more. Uh, GallsGunner.com, BlueTheGold.com, on Medicare.Live, and we're fueled by Monster and by Bang. So, matter of fact, I've got the Wild Berry from Monster. It's the Rehab Tea, a healthy drink. So, uh, thanks to Monster for the fuel. Also, a shout out to Brian Burns with the free press at TampaFP.com for carrying our content. And Ray Dietrich with RedVoiceMedia.com. We're streaming to eight locations right now. That's in addition to the live radio stations that we're on. And, you know, three of those locations belong to Red Voice Media. Those three uh, Facebook pages alone have about a million followers. So, thanks to Ray Dietrich and Red Voice Media for helping make that happen. Uh, guys, we have a, a great lineup uh, for, for our cast and for our topics. Now, look, we're going a little controversial today with our main topic. You know, I, it was between... Uh, the 3030 initiative, and we kind of talked about that a little bit when Bessie was on the show last time. So I decided to go with something new. Um, so, and, and look, these guys that we're talking about, they're suing everybody. So I'm going to be careful. I'm going to be careful what I say and how I say it. But it is hot in the news. And uh, the website that I got this from, it's called intellectualconservative.com. The title of the article is Why So Many Conservatives in Media don't discuss election corruption and other lightning rod issues. Now, it starts off talking about, uh, clo- it, it starts off saying that closely related to why rhinos are rhinos is why many conservatives in the media avoid hot button issues like election corruption. And of course, rhino stands for Republican in name only. And of course, we're covering this right after we had uh, the debates last night, you know, which I, of course, watched. We're down the five on the Republican side. Uh, but this article goes on to say that as with most perplexing issues in politics, it comes down to following the money. Nothing more complicated than that. The media has to get funding somewhere. And most outlets it talks about on the right are funded by GOP billionaires, ads or both. Now, it's uh, I already gave the website that this is on. But Rachel Alexander is the author you know, of this particular article. And it's pretty interesting. Talks about, she says that perhaps the main reason conservative media avoids discussing election corruption is due to the fear of lawsuits by voting machine companies. Now, it is true that Dominion, uh, we're reading about, has sued Fox News and forced it to settle for almost a billion dollars. And remember, that's right around the time uh, Dan Bongino had just left Fox before that happened. And that's right about the time when Tucker was asked to leave. And that amount of money would put most smaller right leaning outlets out of business, according to our article. The Democrat appointed judge who handled the Dominion lawsuit against Fox News granted a summary judgment motion for Dominion, which resulted in jury instructions stating that all the statements made by attorneys Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell, as well as all the negative claims made uh, on the network about Dominion, that they were false. So according to our article and our author, there's no way a jury would have found for Fox News based on that information. And so it was coerced in the settling. And of course, the settlement happened. So a trial was set in September of 20. 24. So of course, you're, I know you guys are thinking, well, 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 crap, we're already past September, right? I was unable, I haven't been able to find any news on anything that happened from this trial date that was in September a couple months ago for Dominion's $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit against Newsmax, another conservative uh, news outlet. So unlike 
Fox News Newsmax has far less money. And the same judge who oversaw the Fox News case is also hearing the lawsuit involving them. And also Smartmatic um, also sued Newsmax as well, another company. And, of course, I'm taking all this information based off this article that I referenced. So conservative media is unable to get funding from government grants. So um, since unlike left-wing media, they cannot accept all the, you know, according to our article, all the woke terms that come tied to the grants and stuff, they're forced to rely on GOP billionaires and advertising in order to make their money. And it, it does, a lot of this comes down to money. So it goes on to talking about how some of the billionaires, they run corporations. It talks about the ties with people like Donald Trump and that some people, uh, right or wrong, don't want to be associated with certain things. And so when these lawsuits happen or when people are tied up or connected with Trump or other uh, individuals they don't want to be tied to, some of the money starts to dry up. And then it talks about other topics, but really it comes down to the same thing. Um, election, election deniers talks about Facebook and paying penalties on accounts that they're flagging for election corruption or you're talking about COVID-19 and stuff. So uh, I've, I've kind of wet the appetite on where the article is going. We'll have it referenced when we release our, our produced version of this show tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock, on a Rumble channel. We'll have uh, any videos that we talk about, put pictures of the good guys, the bad guys, and we'll also have links to all the articles. So that's what we'll have available tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock, in case anybody wants to read the article. But, uh, but guys, I'm kind of curious where our panel is at on why there are so many hot-button topics that we really don't see talked about in the conservative media. And what do you what do you think? And Travis, I, I, why don't you start us off with that? Well, the interesting thing is, first off, the term election denier is the dumbest term ever. No one's denying that elections aren't happening. But, you know, we all just take these buzz terms and keep using them and the media loves it. I'm not sure what everybody's upset about. You know, when Elizabeth Warren questions an election or Hillary Clinton questions an election or the entire news media complex questions an election in 2000 or 2008, uh, and, and actually talks about these voting machines being a problem in Congress, nobody says a word. But then when we actually see things that should at least be suspicious, if you're not at least suspicious, there's a problem, which is, you know, oh, all of a sudden the plumbing went out at one in the morning and all of a sudden you see video of people stuffing all these. I mean, no one's saying that that's still an election, but we're just saying that looks odd. And the fact that our media complex has absolutely no interest whatsoever into looking into this, you know, is is mind-boggling and that for me it's it's deeper than the meat the conservative because the media is the same conservative media liberal media obviously thankfully we've got some independent outlets like newsmax and some others that are trying to go against the grain but they're all in they're all in it for the money it's all the same thing and but this is deeper and more troubling if you have a democracy where the population does not trust free and fair elections that creates a ton of issues a ton of problems and obviously They've tried to make it to where it's some sort of, you know, unpardonable sin. If you just go, well, that looks odd to me. And we just had, we just had an election overturned in, I believe, Connecticut, Bridgeport, where they had video at a Dropbox where the lady, she had so many ballots, she dropped some, she went back and got some more. And that, by the way, that's exactly what Dinesh D'Souza's documentary talked about. It gave you suspicion, right? We're not saying that it was completely reversed, but it's just so odd that in these certain swing states to determine presidential elections is where we tend to have all these problems. Heck, they had another problem in Maricopa County just the other day. The same, same similar issue. So the problem, the system is this way. There's a lot of money being thrown around for these voting machines. What we need to do if we really care about democracy is get back to election day where, because when I was a kid, you literally had to mark a ballot with a pencil, go there on election day. And that night we always knew who won elections. 
Right. Now, all of a sudden with technology, we don't know for weeks who wins elections. None of this makes any sense. And to anyone with any logic understands that, regardless of what side of the political order you're on, because Democrats are all about you know, blasting people for, for what they call election deniers until their guy or gal's not in office. And they'll be the first ones up there doing the same thing. So we need to just come together as a country and get these elections right because I think the vast majority of people know something's wrong. A lot of them are scared to discuss it, and, of course, media as well. And uh, so it's really mind-boggling that we need to get a handle on it. Thanks. Yeah. Brett? You know, the, the biggest threat <clears throat> to this democracy is not the ultra-right or not the ultra-left. It is the gigantic percent of people in the middle who are just ambivalent. Um, they don't do anything. They see which way the way. And listen, if you oppose me, I'm okay. I'll stand right next to you and I'll and, and you can spew any kind of hate you want and I'll protect you from somebody trying to stop you from saying it. Just because I don't agree with you doesn't mean I'm going to hurt you. But if we can motivate the people in the middle to just start raising cane and get out there and doing something, making a phone call. If every person, every adult person called their elected representative, no matter what the issue, no matter their stance, it would shut down the phone system. But yeah, that's what's got to happen. I think most of us would agree that we just really want the right thing to happen, the legal thing to happen. If I'm not happy with the way the votes are going, I can move to a different jurisdiction, a different state, or a different country. Well, if I, if I don't we like just it. we just had a, an argument where I where I go to church about about lifestyle choices and <clears throat> whether to stay with the mainstream church or not. And I told people who who are opposed to me, I said I don't agree with you, but I'll step in front of a bullet for you. Would you do the same for me? Of course, the answer was bad. Uh, right. So I, I also, people listen to the show, look, we need to protect and preserve our, our, our news sources. And so I say that, and, uh, and look, I, I'm, look, I'm aware that, you know, some of the people, you know, on the show, we've got a lot of people on the show that appear on, you know, national news networks. And I, and I appreciate that, but let's take Newsmax, for instance. Uh, my wife just told me that they ha are starting a subscription service for Newsmax because the availability for Newsmax has uh, been drying up at some places. But you, we, and so my wife and I are going to start paying in order to be able to make sure that to ensure that we've got Newsmax as a as a source, not just Fox News. And in, in, in my opinion, Fox News has been compromised compromised on more than one occasion. So you need to have different news sources available to you for input if you really want to make decisions based on. You know all the information so so even if it requires you paying a little bit of money to preserve some of these networks and these news sources that are really going out on a limb for people like you and me to keep us informed uh my recommendation is is that it, it's really it's a no-brainer we need to do it um guys it's time for our first commercial break stick with us we got a lot of good stuff coming up we'll be right back you know motion dsp they've been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years for the robust speed of video and audio redaction and enhancement software the Motion DSP software is easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise, and you can save valuable time with spotlights, one-click automating tracking feature, and forensic suite of enhancement filters to achieve results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. A spotlight is built specifically for redaction, designed to work with video from any camera source, and using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, it, it automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information, and it saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame -frame redaction. And 
forensic enhancement software that allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. And you can actually get forensically valid evidence from just low quality video in just minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products and all these capabilities by simply going to motiondsp.com. So that brings us to one of our latest sponsors at AU Fire. You know, it stands for Accuracy Under Fire to aufire.com. And now agencies can prepare their Leos for the mental challenges associated with being wounded on duty, forcing them to adapt, problem solve, refocus, and overcome to effectively neutralize the threat. aufire.com has the only option to safely prepare Leos for the incident tense, random, distracting, and mobilization of a body part associated with a debilitating wound. Go to aufire.com, watch this cool Fascinating product. Watch the videos, aufire.com. Check it out. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact mymedicare.live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays. Find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, mymedicare.live. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. Um, just a final uh, final note, just guys, support your your uh, your news outlets, especially the guys that are willing to tell it like it is and and, and talk about the uh, the tough topics. Because not everybody, not everybody is. And uh, and I know that Mike Lindell's name didn't come up in what we were talking about, but 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 he's also been a target, for, if I remember correctly, on, on some of the stuff that's been going down. So, uh, so look, uh, that said, I, before we get to our next article, I just wanted, you know, aufire.com, uh, it's one of our newest sponsors. We just did the ad for them. Uh, and so a lot of people may not be aware. So, look, in addition, it's kind of cool because a lot of us are trainers. I mean, I know Betsy uh, and her husband are. Uh, Brett, uh, you still call yourself a trainer. And uh, no, you are. He, he is a trainer. And uh, and of course, Travis, you know, you live by training. So look, we're all trainers at heart. So this AU Fire system is kind of cool because, you know, it when you think about simulating being shot, um, you know, no one wants, of course, you know, we don't, we don't, we we may hose each other down with OC pepper spray and 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 uh, and CS gas and and maybe even with uh, um, you know tasers and stuff, but we don't shoot each other with bullets, right? So this AUFire.com product. You wear a vest, sleeves. They've got tens units in it, and you have somebody controlling it. So when you're engaged in a in a shooting scenario, whether it's with simulations or on a range, you never know what the operator is going to disable, what body part is going to disable, right? And so it could be, you know, your 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 dominant hand, your right hand. You know, if you have your gun in it, and maybe you have to transition from your you know your dominant hand to your non-dominant hand and return fire. And so it's fascinating talking with the uh, uh, create, creator of this product that it usually takes guys three times. The first time, they're like confused. They're flustered. They don't successfully neutralize the threat. Their targets, I mean, their their accuracy is just all over the place. But by the third time, uh, they have to, whether it's you know maybe a, they simulate getting shot in the back or in the gut or the arm or hand or whatever, uh, by the third time, they fight through it and their accuracy as at a level where they're able to neutralize the threat. But what a, just what a great concept. I kind of wish that I would have come up with it, but just what a great concept. Nobody gets hurt. And it's just like 10 units that are built into these, into these units, whether it's the vest or the sleeves you're wearing and uh, got all kinds of uh, applications for this. But, you know, when we have cops, we have videos, we cover just hundreds of these and we have videos where there's cops that actually get, um, get struck by gunfire. 
and you don't want to see them quit. You don't want to see them give up. You want to see them fight through it because, you know, not only is it their life or the partner's life, but the citizens and stuff, you know, we want our cops to survive. So it's really great training, even mentally, just to get over that barrier of, of what it's like to get shot. You just need to always think that, you know, you're better than the bad guy. You're going to live and you're going to survive. Um, it's just that mentality that we need as cops. So I just wanted to give them a little extra plug uh, for AUFire.com. So our next article we're talking about on Police One, Nashville PD chief. Um, disturbed by the leak of the Covenant school shooter writing, or I'm just going to say the manifesto, right? This is something that they didn't want to get out there. We predicted on the show that it was going to get out. It took a little longer than what I anticipated, but it got out. But now now they're upset, but it, it kind of makes me wonder why. And, of course, now we've got information. Remember, I said on the show the other day that I suspected it was the Leo um, that, um, that released this because who else is going to have the access to that kind of information? And now they put like seven people on the porch on administrative duty while they're doing their investigation. But the Nashville police chief, John Drake says that he's disturbed over the unauthorized release of writings from the shooter who killed six people, including three children at the covenant school back in March. So chief Drake, listen to this. He actually confirmed the authenticity of the writings in a statement made Monday evening. So that question mark is gone. Now, no one else has been willing to say that these are authentic, that it's the real deal, that this is accurate stuff that's been released. But it is now um, the police department is extremely serious about the investigation to identify the person responsible, according to the chief. And earlier Monday, uh, conservative commentator Steve Crowder released what he said were the three images of Audrey Hale's writings from the day of March 27th. We've got information that some of these were like taken maybe with a cell phone cam and, and uh, given to Stephen Crowder, the conservative podcaster. The news quickly uh, sparked calls for an investigation as local and state leaders initially declined to verify the authenticity. But, of course, now that's been taken care of. Um, and it also says here in the notes that the shooter had left behind 20, at least 20 journals, a suicide note, memoir, uh, court file. There's all kinds of stuff uh, that are listed in the court filing. So it goes on and on. But that's the uh, the gist of it. And then in another news article that I saw said that we've got seven people on the porch during the investigation. Captain Brett. Well, first, uh, the guys that leaked that stuff, be prepared to do your time on the porch. You know, you you, you, you broke some rules. Having said that, God bless you for getting that stuff out. Sometimes you just have to do that. And this whole this whole narrative about it's too disturbing to let it out. That's a bunch of crap. We all know that's a bunch of crap. We just talked about losing the mainstream media. We've lost them. Every every shooting we have like this, we can get. Uh, we can get videos. We can get studies. You know, the the one down in Parkland. You know, they did they did a whole uh, a, a council on this. We can get it because uh, we we learn from every single one. Like uh, you know, Mike Roach's book, uh, uh, serial serial killers. Uh, he has he has to mass, rewrite mass that killers. book. Mass killers. Yes, rewrite that book every five weeks. If we don't learn from those people from these events, we. What a horrible thing. You know, you don't want to lose a loved one, but if somebody learns something to stop the next one, you could almost live with it. But they don't want to release it because it doesn't fit the narrative. So to the cops that let it go, you, you're all that is man. God bless you. Now uh, determine how many days off you're going to get. Yeah, yeah. well, it was only a matter of time, but but I'm, I'm with you. So I'm glad to see that it, it finally got out. Um, and look, it's just let's learn. Let's learn from this. Make make it better for, you know, prevent for happening like this next time so uh betsy i know your your mic's muted and i don't know if you wanted to interject you've got a little mute button down there but um but go ahead we would we would love to hear from you yeah the national police association uh who I'm, I'm the spokesman for uh they're the ones who filed the first lawsuit to get this manifesto released and you know there's four lawsuits we're the lead lawsuit 
And uh, and this case is still ongoing in Tennessee. So we are trying to get the entire manifesto. There, the reason that uh, they say that they haven't released it is, uh, you know, the theory of co the contagion of mass shooting, uh, mass shootings, which doesn't hold water. You know, that lasts for a few days, maybe a week. Uh, but but that's about it. So we have appealed this. So it's before the appellate court. But we still haven't even got to the meat of the original case. And, and let's not forget, it's the Nashville Police Department who said they were going to release it. They released the video and then they decided against releasing the manifesto. But we've also asked for all the correspondence between the Nashville Police Department and the federal government and anybody else. Well, thanks, Betsy. Hold that thought because I want to hear more about the organization you're involved with as well. But guys, we're going to take a commercial break. Hopefully, Brett's going to help me out with this one. We will be right back. Well, certainly by now, if you guys have been watching the show, you're familiar with the new Gauls at Gauls.com slash Leo, the country's leading uniform clothing equipment and gear provider for law enforcement. And they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear. And as our, our famous panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett, once said, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. So, Captain Bartlett, I know that if you're if you're done ordering, because I know you spend half your time on the show ordering stuff at Gauls, what do they have going on this week? They've got so many 20% off deals, I can't even tell you. Here's their problem. They're trying to save me money, but they don't. That just means I can buy 20% more stuff. So, I think it's kind of even. Wow. So Gauls.com slash Leo. Assuming that you want something that Brett has not made out of stock by the time you get online, go to Gauls.com slash Leo. Check it out. And notice I said uniform and clothing. I mean, look, our former agency, mine and Brett's, you know, they got rid of two uniform companies and now they've got a Gauls office on the second floor lobby of the Tampa Police Department. They're killing it. Gauls.com slash Leo. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, we left off and, uh, you know, well, I'll tell you what, Betsy had the floor, and uh, and I, I'm sorry the commercial break kind of cut into that, but you were talking about your involvement with the uh, National Police Association at nationalpolice.org and how their involvement in the lawsuit and trying to get some of this information. So, Nancy, take your, the floor is yours. Well, the National Police Association decided after the National Covenant School shooting that, like most other mass shootings where there is a manifesto or some writings, that we needed to release that because law enforcement always learns from these things. And, uh, you know, the legislature in Tennessee was tasked with doing something about this uh, situation legally. So they also wanted it released. And here's the thing. There's polling out there that says 87% of people want this manifesto released. But all of a sudden, and it kind of looks like after the federal government got involved that, uh, that, uh, you know, the Nashville uh, Metro Police Department decided not to release it. And I just read an article by a guy who's a former FBI agent. And uh, and he said, well, we shouldn't release this because this could lead to copycat situations. Uh, I didn't actually hear about uh, him or any other FBI agent being concerned about that after the Atlanta uh, shooting, you know, after uh, the Pulse nightclub, after the Buffalo grocery store, after the El Paso, Texas uh, Walmart shooting and so many others when, you know, Jacksonville, Florida, the dollar store, when there is racial hate involved or hatred of the LGBT community, boy, that's out within 24 hours. But because of what this poor mentally ill young woman who thought she was a man uh, was talking about, which is white privilege and wanting to kill little crackers and so much other hateful uh, rhetoric, 
all of a sudden uh, it seems that needs to be held from the public and we don't uh, withheld from the public. We don't agree with it. You know, th thanks Betsy. It, you know, Betsy, um, while we're at it, can you just tell us a little bit about more about national, the national police association, your involvement with them? So I'm the spokesman for the National Police Association. Go to nationalpolice.org. See all the fantastic things that we do. We are basically, we're a charity that is out there fighting the false narrative that somehow the American law enforcement officer is the problem. We have, you know, I'm out in the media. We have a fantastic newsletter that you can sign up for. We have all these original articles, a great presence on Twitter and Facebook, we have attorneys. Our attorney, Doug Pierce, is the one handling this case. We file amicus briefs. We get involved in cases, uh, you know, all around this country involving police officers. We're not a union or anything like that, an association that you can join. We're a pro-law enforcement charity that helps citizens understand everything that they can do to help the American law enforcement officer do their job. Well, I think that's fantastic. So, uh, and so you've got mechanisms on the website if people want to get more involved or want to. I, I know that funding is so important for an organization. You know, like you guys, I, I wish that you were able to do what you do for free, but it, but, but it costs it costs money, and you're benefiting everybody. So you have all those mechanisms on the website if they want to give or support your organization as well. Correct? Absolutely. Nationalpolice.org. All right, I love it. So, so thank you, Betsy. Yeah, even even you even got a golf clap from Brett there. Uh, so Travis Yates. Um, you know, love to get your input on this. Well, first off, thank God for the National Police Association. And I, I can't recommend everybody listening to this. Give them something. If it's five bucks a month, ten, you, you got to get on that wet roster because here's why they're so important. Most cops think that these national police organizations uh, with all the acronyms, I'll just, you know, I'm not going to name any names, IACP, PERF, these other ones out there. Um, I didn't name names, Brett, Chip. I named the acronym. But anyway... They actually believe they have your back, but they're not the ones filing the lawsuits with MPA. They're not the ones with lawyers trying to get information. They're not one of the ones actually that have your back. They're the ones that are taking money from the Department of Justice and the Department of Justice is using them as a reference to screw police departments across this country. I am sickened by these multi-million dollar police organizations that aren't doing their job and they've got all of us fooled and I could name a lot of them and I won't. But that's why the NPA is so important. It's sad they have to exist, but we, we, we exist amongst a bunch of cowards that don't want to actually support us. They just want to take the money from all the federal agencies and donations and everything else and then say they're supporting us. And then we all go to these conferences and we get all huggy and feely and we feel good. All the chiefs go to the conference and they all pat each other on back how wonderful they are. When look at the state of law enforcement today. So if we didn't have the NPA, I shudder to think where we would be. And as far as the Nashville police chief, we're going to be able to determine rather quickly whether he's a good leader or whether he's nothing but a coward. And here's how we'll be able to determine that. Yes, you have to open an investigation on the seven officers. First off, I wish he was just as concerned about releasing this important information to the public as he is who did this, but he's not. But if he's a decent leader, he'll give the officers an appropriate punishment because this releasing this does not impact an investigation. None of that. If you release information that impacts the investigation, that's a much harsher punishment for an officer. This, this does nothing but transparency, which is what we all say we are about. The IACP's produced multiple documents about being transparent, being lovey-dovey. Only transparent if it fits the narrative, I guess. So, yes, he has to open an investigation. That's his job. 
but these officers do not deserve any more punishment than anybody else would releasing something similar that doesn't impact an investigation. If he goes to terminate officers, then we'll call him what he is. He's nothing but a coward. Unfortunately, a lot of these chiefs that are beholden to the federal government, beholden to the DOJ, that's who they are. All these cowards run together. They all act the same. They overly punish. They overly charge. And if it wasn't for folks like the NPA, most folks wouldn't even know about that. Actually, yeah. That was, yeah, that yay! Was Can I stand up and applaud? That yeah. was beautiful. That was beautiful. <laughs> I'm going to stroke out, Chip. I'm going to take a few days <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, so, 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 let me ask you this, Betsy. Um, I, I'm assuming that it's important. Look, we could we could push our users to go and they give a one-time gift, but I'm assuming that you the monthly is probably more important to you guys. A monthly support from our users. Am I? It, or how, how do how does the National Police Association feel about that? Or what what is the the real need that they have right now? We are pleased with any donation that that uh, people want to give to us, whether it's um, a reoccurring monthly donation or, you know, it's a check or a credit card or whatever. We're just so grateful for that because what it shows, you know, we do other things like we give grants to small police departments to buy a uh, stab vest for their canine or to start an explorer program. You know, we're again, we're trying to fight that false narrative and encourage people to, uh, you know, to understand what law enforcement is trying to do out there. So yeah, any donation absolutely helps us because we do, we have to pay, we have to pay attorneys. We have that great website. We have writers um, and we put out so much great information about what is happening. And of course, you know, we have wonderful partners like law officer, wonderful, wonderful supporters because people need to understand the truth. And, you know, this goes back to what you talked about at the beginning of the show when we're talking about the media. You know, there's certain media that won't have me on because they don't want to know the truth about, you know, different cases and, and things like that. So we always applaud outlets like Newsmax and like a Sirius XM 125, The Patriot, who will actually talk about these issues affecting, you know, the American law enforcement officer. Because you know what? We we do polling with organizations like Rasmussen. Most people like their cops. Most people yeah. want cops to be safe. They worry about our mental health. They want more cops in their neighborhood. But again, we still have these media analysts. We have politicians, pundits, and activists who want to say that we're the problem. Well, guys, you need to seriously check them out nationalpolice.org that's the website i'm going to go on the day and i'm doing a monthly and and uh, and i encourage all my users to give Thank something you. but uh but i'm i'm doing a monthly it helps them make decisions long term uh long term decisions financially related when you get that monthly income um so uh moving along rumble.com and our favorite uh, law enforcement video channel called this is butter so we have a body cam associated with this. So look, guys, uh, with anything involving body cams, uh, your our podcast listeners, our audio listeners, you know, podcast, radio, and stuff, stay loyal to your station and to your podcast. And if you really want to see the video tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock on a Rumble channel, uh, we will produce this particular show. We'll embed the videos and pictures of the good guys and the bad guys. You guys can watch that. But we'll describe in great detail in the meantime what's going on so you guys don't feel like you're missing out on anything. So LaSalle police officer is indicted for murder and a shooting death of a man at a family dollar store, which might be what uh, what Bessie just referenced a second ago. There you go. There it goes. Where'd 
A grand jury has indicted LaSalle police officer on murder charges in the fatal shooting last month of a 38-year-old man in the parking lot of a family dollar store. Wow. The 19th Judicial Circuit statutory grand jury issued an indictment dated June the 23rd against LaSalle police officer Eric Hernandez after determining that his use of force was not justified. This came from the Willow County uh, District Attorney's Office. They announced this on Monday in a press release. Guys, stick, stay tuned to this. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get really, really good. Commercial break. Our last one will be right back. All right, guys. Hey, it's time to gunlearn at gunlearn.com. No matter how much you know about guns and ammunition or how much you think that you know, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. Gunlearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning. They've actually made it easy. Gunlearn.com is the first and the only company that operates a step-by-step program that takes from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like, believe it or not, our Captain Brett Bartlett here. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to assure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've found everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start the day with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar, and you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at absolutely no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. So, hey, struggling with the ins and outs of warrantless searches and seizures, and what about the liability of getting it wrong? Say hello to bluetogold.com. They translate church and seizure doctrines into clear, straightforward concepts that any officer can relate to, plus they give the training for free thanks to bluetogold.com's free weekly New uh, webinars and and newsletters they have too. So guys, see what this week's topic's about. Go to bluethegold.com today. Join forces with thousands of your peers in blue and step up your legal game because frankly, you cannot afford not to. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, we left off talking about a LaSalle police officer who's been indicted for murder and the shooting death of a guy at a family dollar store. But it's how this thing goes down that makes this case, you know, really interesting. On May the 3rd, Hernandez and another officer, they encounter a suspicious vehicle is parked outside a family dollar store. And the police determine that the car is suspicious because the VIN number has been obscured and uh, the, there's no record on the out-of-state license plate. So officers, they parked a patrol car uh, behind the Dodge Magnum so the driver could not leave before they, uh, before they found them. Well, that's what the article says. They didn't exactly do that. If they think that parking that vehicle the way they parked is going to keep the bad guy from leaving, they're in for rude awakening, which they were. Uh, when the officers attempt to locate the vehicle owner inside the store, uh, the man is Justin Rethel. Uh, he runs out of the store to his car. There's a, uh, a fire alarm that goes off. They, they're kind of like trying to find out what exit he used. But anyhow, they get outside the, the store, and now they're confronting this guy who's getting inside the car. Officer Hernandez exits the store, yells for Rafael to get, um, to get out of the vehicle as a driver. Uh, went into reverse, <laughs> and, and then our bad guy pulls out of the parking space. But how could he do that? I know you guys are wondering because the police car, you know, blocked him in, right? Yeah, it wasn't even touching the bad guy's car. The officer and prosecutors allege that the cop then fires four shots, hitting our bad guy in the torso. And what they don't say is he's doing this as the bad guy's driving away from the cops. So our, our bad guy uh, manages to drive the car onto the street. He crashes into another car. He later dies at the hospital. The officer, whose name is Hernandez, has been charged with one count of second-degree murder, and he was put in jail. And uh, on a, it was only a $50,000 bond, which surprised me, uh, but that's good. So, guys, commentary on this. Any surprises, any words of wisdom, uh, any flashbacks for from some of our panelists? Brett, I don't want to mention names, though. Uh, Travis Yates, go ahead, start us off. 
Well, the video doesn't look good, right? The the, yeah. the I believe the call that this car was suspicious. I believe the VIN was blacked out. So they're like, let's go inside and figure out whose car this is. And that's when the guy takes off, gets in the car. Obviously, the initial tactics could have been a little better. I love throwing little stop sticks behind the tires if you don't want them to leave. There's a bunch of things that could have done. But uh, the difficult thing when you watch these videos, when I watch it, I go, that's not good uh, because the car was driving away. But uh, as Brett can tell you and Betsy as well, I mean, this these are very dynamic situations. Tunnel vision takes over. What we see in video is not what the officer is seeing. What's his peripheral vision say? Does he think that there's somebody in the police car? Does he think because there was a there was an officer on the other side of the car? Does he think they're pulling towards them? We've seen a lot of these cases, uh, and Force Science has highlighted a lot of these to where the video shows something completely different than the perception. So without knowing the perception, it is hard to know. But I will tell you, uh, from a juror standpoint, this does not look good. From my standpoint, it doesn't look good, although I would like to see the rest of the information on what, because as everybody know, actually, people, most people don't know this because Graham B. Connor has never mentioned in the news, but we have to judge the officer based on the information they know at the time. Uh, and we have no idea because we, we always deal with life and death decisions with very limited information. So sometimes things will look bad because we know a lot of information now. But what is what information do they know at the time? We need to know that before we make a final determination. But obviously, from the outset, it certainly doesn't look great. Yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty hindsight's a beautiful thing, isn't it? <laughs> We'd all well, be in prison. Exactly. We'd all be in prison without it, Chip. We'd all be in prison sitting here without yeah. Graham B. Connor. So the fact yeah. that we have police departments, I don't want to get back to my cowardly cheese, the fact that we have police departments that have ignored Graham B. Connor for years now drives me crazy because they'd be in prison as well without Graham B. Connor. So thank goodness we have it. And we have a court that is pretty much as a shutout in the last few. I mean, even though the court is obviously divided, they all pretty much agree that Graham B. Connor needs to be there or we would have not have law enforcement in this country today. Well, and that's the problem is we we have this constant uh, rush to indict these cops. And yet, as we constantly talk about, 250,000 people die at least every year of medical mistakes. I don't see our prisons full of uh, doctors and nurses and and things like that. We're always we always now rush to make sure that we criminally charge cops, put them in jail. Uh, you know, and, and you're right. I'm surprised this officer was able to get out uh, on such a low bond. Um, but we've got to stop this rush to criminalize. And like Travis said, this does not look good, but we weren't there and we always have hindsight bias in these cases. And there's just always this big rush to get it on the media and uh, to vilify this cop. And we look at one cop and then the, the 750,000 of the rest of us are vilified because of it. Agreed. Well, yeah, the, the problem is, Chip, the people that are going to be on those juries live in a YouTube world. They see a video and they take that as gospel. Well, if I see it, why didn't somebody else see it the same way? You know, and I've been telling people for years, <clears throat> the camera doesn't show fear. Your eyes see nothing. They send data to the computer, which is probably misfiring. It's not doing a good job. Maybe it wasn't trained properly. But when you, know, when you can see a 30-second snippet, and send it out to the world and they give it a yes or a no. They don't they don't give a crap about Graham versus Connor. They don't care about what the officer was thinking, what he was feeling, what he was smelling. And and you know, at the beginning of the show, we agreed we've lost the media. Yeah. Well, you know, and we've talked for really for what three years now, we've been talking about agencies really need to step up their training when it comes to shooting at or from uh vehicles I, I mean and i'm talking about occupied vehicles, but whether the cops are shooting through their windshield or through their side windows or whatever because a lot of that's going on and then of course dealing with bad guys in vehicles and 
making that decision and figuring out that justification. Thanks, FLG, man, for the support, by the way. But making that justification on if you're going to shoot a bad guy that's in a vehicle and, and, and really knowing when you're justified. And like Travis said, you know, there are guidelines for this. And then you can only do what a reasonable officer would do in the same exact situation, armed with the same exact information, which is going to be less than what we have doing this show. You know, Chip, back in the days when I was very involved in the training, my, my, here's, here's me and the chief. Chief, we need more training. Chief's response, you're not getting it. I got to fill zones. I got to fill zones. And until we're willing to not live by that, I got to fill zones mantra, we're going to have crappy police uh, uh, work. Good training equals good police work. Bad training is the opposite. Until, well, we're, until we're willing to take them off the street and train them. And you know what I was told many times, Chip? Cost to do business. And training costs money. And, and training also, like you said, Brett, you need personnel to be able to do the training and to be able to attend the training. Nine out of every 10 police departments right now are short-staffed. Most police departments suffered some sort of defunding. And let's not forget, most police departments are less than 10 officers. I'd love to see the officer's uh, training file. How much training have they gotten? What kind of training? Yeah. If you want well, cops to, do, to be so perfect, why aren't we allowing the training to occur? And we are. In my local agency, the one I retired from, and I love the people. You know, I, I love the mayor. The mayor, we were in the same car together years ago. We're, we're friends. But, but here's the thing. You don't have enough time or personnel to train somebody in the range, but you can go as a group and wash people's clothes at the laundromat. Are you kidding me? If it was well, me, Chip, when I'm in charge, here's what's going to happen. I've got detectives. I've got uniformed cops. There's nothing in the middle. Yeah. And how go much bias there. training have oh, do we oh. have to go to and cultural oh. diversity and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and of course, the, the leadership answer to that is always, well, we're almost never involved in shootings. True. But when we are, it is life altering, yep. life changing for the department, for the public, uh, and of course, for that police officer. Well, let me give you a sobering thought, Chip, and I think Betsy can back me up on this because this is, this is a state she did policing. These politicians that want to trash us for all these split-second decisions are the same politicians that fund our training. In the state of Illinois, there is no shortage of politicians trashing us. And in the state of Illinois, after you graduate the police academy, Betsy, all at once, how much training do you have to get per year? It's a big, fat zero. I talked to Chicago cops that hasn't been to a class in a decade, but they'll be the first ones those politicians throw under the bus. So there's a little bit of done by design here. The politicians know they're not giving the officers what they need. So, they, so then when they mess up, they can then go, see, we told you these cops are bad and racist and this and that. So it's folks like the NPA that holds them accountable. Because I, last time I checked, I didn't hear those, those other groups that say they have our back say, that they're trying to get us more training. Oh, they'll give you the DOJ training. They'll 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 get all over the whatever DOJ flavor of the month is and send them to the department. Because I see that crap all the time. But actual real training, uh, it's it's absent in many of these agencies, and it's a shame that we treat our law enforcement officers that way. And we would never treat any other profession that way. We never put up with doctors doing it, accountants doing, it, or lawyers doing it. It's time to change that. Yeah, you're, that's so well said. So well said, Travis. You know, we, we have got to go back to supporting cops uh, with, you know, more than just, oh, good job, you guys. Takes money, takes so much more.
Well, we are out of time, but guys, what a great, what a great show. Uh, we didn't cover a lot of topics, but boy, did we, did we nail the topics that we did cover. Uh, National Police Association, nationalpolice.org. You know, uh, Betsy Brainer smith is her spokesperson involved with that. Guys, you need to check it out if you haven't done it already. Now, I know you guys are thinking, what, who's this new good-looking guy, Travis Yates at travisyates.org. So, yeah, you need, if you want more information about Travis and what he's involved with, uh, you know, you need to check out travisyates.org. And uh, Brett Bartlett. Uh, you know, that is Exumber Defense Solutions at ExumberDefense.com. So uh, what, a, what, a, uh, what a great guy Brett is and, and a trainer at heart. Guys, I also want to mention, you know, our sponsors again and the Wounded Blue at thewoundedblue.org as well. AUFire.com, Gauls Motion DSP, GunLearn, Blue the Gold, MyMedicare.live, Bang. Thanks for the fuel and monster. Have a wonderful, safe week, guys.